Well, you got to get someone's baseline first. It doesn't take long to get their baseline. So a baseline is can be obtained, one, from paying attention head to toe, right? Head to toe. And asking, you do that by asking questions that people don't have any reason to lie about. Like what are, tell, people will talk about their kids forever, right? You can ask them, you know, where they grew up. Do they have dogs? All these kinds of things, right? Small talk. It's what small talk is for. Get good at small talk. Get good at paying attention during small talk. And then notice when the questions get more, have more weight to them. They could be potentially incriminating. They could just have a lot of zeros before the decimal point that are being discussed. This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape from Wall Street Casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. Today, our guest is Tracy Brown. Tracy is a deception detection expert. And today we're learning about how to better detect deception and see what we need to dig deeper. Tracy teaches us about the key things to look for and how to prepare ourselves to better detect deception. It's a whole topic today. We're scratching the surface. We're learning the basics of detecting deception. Tracy has books and courses along these lines that you can go learn from after listening to the episode. It's key to know how to detect deception if you want to avoid becoming defrauded and losing money in deals that we do, especially with folks that we're working with one-on-one, face-to-face. And today we're learning from Tracy how to get started, how to improve our deception detection skills. Once again, I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate investor and I focus on multifamily and self-storage investments. If you'd like to learn more about potentially investing with us on a future deal, just go to investwithtaylor.com. Fill out the form and schedule a call, and I'll look forward to speaking with you soon. If you're an Apple Podcast user and you enjoy the show, please take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind, you guys. I appreciate that so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street Casino along with us. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Right now, once again, our guest is Tracy Brown. Without any further ado, here we go. Tracy, thanks so much for joining us today. For our listeners out there who don't know about you and your background, can you tell us about what you do and how you help people uh, avoid getting defrauded? Oh, got it. So I'm Tracy Brown. I am the fraud-busting body language expert. So my job is to help people spot lies, fraud, and identity theft hidden in plain sight so big losses are prevented. A lot of what I do is is keynotes to banks and financial groups. I also work on investigations when they come across my desk. And and like you, I have a podcast. Absolutely. That's how we originally connected. You had a previous guest on our show, on your show, and I listened to it. I thought, hey, I'd love to have Tracy on my show. And here we are. Here we are uh, connecting. So, I mean, it's a huge topic, right? Especially in the world today when we're doing business with a lot of people that we never may never see face to face. We may only, you know, deal with online. But I suppose let's let's start at the basics. And, you know, how do we even how do we even get started? Like, seeing people's body language and and knowing if they're being dishonest and potentially defrauding us. Got it. So first thing you got to do is pay attention. And it sounds really simple. It sounds like it sounds it is deceptively simple. (laughs) (laughs) Because here's the deal. Most of us are paying so much attention to ourselves. We are just not paying attention to what's going on outside of us. So let's do a little test, Taylor. Mm -hmm. Ready? Okay, close your eyes. Uh, Taylor, what color are my eyes? Open your eyes, Taylor. I also can't quite see. We're on Zoom here. I can't quite see the fullness of your eyes. They're what a, blue, Taylor. Blue, okay. 
Maybe I'll make my screen a little bigger. Yeah, make your screen a little bigger. They're bright blue. So the thing is, most of us don't. I could have asked you what color my shirt was. You might have had a I would have gotten that right. I can tell you. You might have had that right. I could have asked you what's sitting behind me. And you may or may not have got that right. So we just don't pay attention to what's going on outside of us. And so my primary job is really, you know, when I'm working with a group, because people hire me to... So sometimes they'll embed me in in their teams so that I'm telling them, especially in, because I know you deal with a lot in real estate, commercial real estate is a big one for me. And the biggest asset that I've been embedded in a, in a team is $9 billion. Like you would know this asset if I told you what it was, but I can't. And <laughs> because, you know, there's always there's always jockeying around to figure out who they're going to sell it to. And, and are, are they going to sell it to you? Are they just information gathering? What are they going to do? And so that's one of the things that I do is is help find the truth in those kinds of situations. Okay, great. So what got you started down this path of, well, I think I'm going to, you know, become an expert in, in body language and help people in this world? Like what, what kicked you off? Well, it's a bit of a long story. I started reading body language without even knowing it. I think all of us do to some degree, but my consequences were a little bit heightened because I used to be a professional bike racer. And one of my teammates, you probably met him, his name was, or at least know him, his name was Lance. And he was really fast. Here's the deal. I'm a big person and I could not, cycling is really for flyweights. It's it's for little people. And I couldn't, because of that, I couldn't rely on my strength alone. And so I had to read my competition to understand what they were going to do next and get a jump on that move. And I did that with body language. And now, you know, fast forward several years and I'm training with the FBI, alongside the FBI and police and people I believe couldn't tell me they were in the CIA. And using and bringing those tools into business so that, again, people are using information hidden in plain sight to find the truth so that you're saving time, money, and energy and and just making decisions based on all the information that's available to you instead of just guessing because that's, I think, a lot of of what happens because there's so much hidden in plain sight. Mm, Okay. So that brings up the question of what do we... Where, where do you even get started? I mean, you said you mentioned about paying attention, which is a, a great place to start. And whether you're talking to somebody, you pay attention and try to, you know, remain in the conversation. But uh, in this particular vein, you know, what do we start looking for? Well, there's a lot to look for. You know, the easiest thing, first easiest thing to look for is just know that when someone nods their head, if they're American, that means yes. And if they shake their head left to right, that means no. <laughs> and so if someone nods their head and says, you know, I would never do that. right there's a mismatch between the body language and the words you got to believe the body first take the words with a grain of salt right same thing i mean it can be veiled in in sweetness too right if someone not shakes their head left to right they go that is a beautiful baby (laughs) right so there's so so always believe the body language and like you got to match it up to the words but but the body's telling you more than what the words are so you know, there's a lot of different moves. There's what you want to look for is is a is a cluster, like like when we're looking for deception, right? So in about I've heard the last thing I heard about seven seconds, you know, three or four signs materially depart from their baseline because we all have a normal way that we behave, and then we have a way that we behave when deception comes to play because we're using different parts of the of the brain, right? We're not remembering anymore. We're we're adding time, emotion, intensity understanding if we're 
okay? Like, are, are we being received as we hope? Do we need to ramp up the story or are we believable? All these things in body language goes haywire. And so you want to look for three or four little signs that because you're comparing people to themselves, you're comparing people to themselves. Generally, there's a lot of a lot of different moves that people can make. It's a little bit like chess, right? There's art and there's a science to chess. And there's a lot of different permutations to each move and how they add up like on the whole playing field or on the whole chessboard, so to speak. And so uh, adding those up can be very revealing as to what the true meaning of their communication is. And, and it's really, it's more than about being a body language expert, right? Body language is, is sexy and it's mysterious. <laughs> and, but guess what? Words and tone can be much bigger indicators of deception. And, and, and really deception comes at the intersection of all of those, like body language, tone and words, as does any communication. So look at, you know, because as we're recording this, we just lost the Queen of England. Mm-hmm. And so I look back at some royal footage, right? And and I think one of the most famous ones is, well, he's now King Charles, right? And, and Lady Diana at the time of their engagement video. And you can see throughout the video, whenever he he's asked about marriage and marrying her, he gets a, he gets like a snarl on his face. And we know at the time he was in love with Camilla. Right. Uh, Not really with Diana. He picked someone who he thought the world would like. And sure enough, we all did. And then and then he <laughs> the reporter says, oh, and I guess we're seeing two, uh, two people very much in love. And, and Diana goes, yep. And he goes, well, whatever love means. <laughs> <laughs> right. So so we saw all the sides. And then, you know, we saw it play out all these years later where, you know, they they split and went their separate ways. So. So there's always signs hidden in plain sight, right? And because people generally are really bad liars. Did I did just see some stuff on a study that says men who are good liars are better leaders and will will naturally like assume a leadership position, but doesn't mean that they're deceptive all the time when they're leading. So I thought I thought that was a pretty interesting little study. So so yeah, good liars. Well, there's a lot of them in real estate for sure. <laughs> so, okay, so I think the the classic thing when people talk about kind of this this realm of, you know, but quote unquote body, which is, uh-huh. you see, I'm standing here for folks that are watching the video, and obviously you see this here. I'm standing with my arms folded, and the uh-huh. classic body language thing is, well, the guy with his arms folded is, you know, concerned or, you know, whatever the thing might be. But the reality is, it's kind of cold in my office and I'm cold and my hands are cold. And that's why I have my arms folded. Mm. But how do you, how do you separate those kinds of, of variables from the equation? Cause unless I told you that I'm cold, wouldn't, who would know? Well, that? right. So what I'm doing is putting together for one, I don't care that your arms are crossed. Okay. Because <laughs> like, like we're doing fine, right? You're interviewing me. I'm not interviewing you. True. Okay. <laughs> so you have to make a list of what could possibly be going on in someone's mind, right? Because the body body language tells you what's on someone's mind, doesn't tell you why. And so, yeah, being cold is is in the top three on the list of why someone may cross their arms. Two, you could be hugging yourself, right? And that is a little bit of self-soothing. I like hugs. Uh, you, could be, you could be closed to what's being said, but more likely you're probably comparing to what I'm presenting to what you believe and what you believe is different, right? So what I need to do is make sure that instead of judging you, what I'm doing is asking more questions. Like if I was to go into a certain topic and all of a sudden I see you cross your arms and I go, okay, he's probably either nervous or 
there's something I'm not answering. There's some question that he has in his mind that he is not verbalizing. And so I need to think about the conversation and ask, okay, what is what could that question be? Or just say, hey, you know what? There's something on your mind. Why don't you let me know what it is? Right. So so it's really and it's the same with deception detection. It's about digging deeper. It's about digging it. Rarely you're gonna have those gotcha moments. Because when you do that to someone, they don't like it. Okay. And <laughs> and there's really what you're after. And this is this is what you know I've studied when I've studied with law enforcement. It's real you have to create a situation for information recovery, okay? Which is super handy in any kind of real estate negotiation, right? Information recovery. When you do and say things that are that are designed to shut people down, like, hey, I know you're lying. And like like that doesn't help with information recovery. So a better phrase is, huh, seems like you've got more to say about that. Yeah. Right? And then and then what you do, and then what you do is you use silence. You silence is your friend. It's the you know, people call it the I've heard it called the pregnant pause and, and a lot of a lot of other things. But when you when you see like signs of people holding back, like maybe they're they roll their lips back in over their teeth or they or they cover their mouth, you've created some cognitive load there. And there's something that they're holding back. And it's up to you to find out what it is. It really is. To the extent that you don't, you've blown it. And all you gotta do is use that phrase, huh? Seems like there's something like there's something bothering you. You could just say that and then stop. And at that point, the next person who talks loses, right? So you've got to ask that question or make that statement like you expect an answer. And you may have created such a load on them that it's actually painful to keep it in and they'll start blurting out the truth. (laughs) (laughs) And that can be a big one. That can really be. And that that one little tactic can earn you lots of money. Nice. Nice. Okay. And I... That that covering the mouth, I, I I realize that I actually do that, especially when I'm recording a podcast. Somebody says something really interesting, and I want to follow up. I want to ask a question about it. They're still talking. I gotta yeah. kind of shut myself up a little bit mm-hmm. and try to mm-hmm. keep paying attention. So yeah, yeah, I I know that I do that one honestly, and I'm sure there's times that I do that that I don't realize I'm doing it, but it's easy to see myself here on the on the podcast. So uh, yeah, you mentioned the kind of nodding your head when you're saying something that's the opposite or shaking mm-hmm. your head when you're saying yes. The mm-hmm. body language kind of betrays what you're actually thinking. Yeah. What are other things that you look for in that space to build that picture of whether there's deception or, you know, something, something deeper involved? Do you need to follow up and provide that silence? Got it. Well, you got to get someone's baseline first. It doesn't take long to get their baseline. So a baseline is, can be obtained, one, from paying attention head to toe, right? Head to toe. And asking, you do that by asking questions that people don't have any reason to lie about. Like what are, tell, people will talk about their kids forever, right? You can ask them, you know, where they grew up. Do they have dogs? All these kinds of things, right? Small talk. It's what small talk is for. Get good at small talk. Get good at paying attention during small talk. And then notice when the questions get more, have more weight to them. They could be potentially incriminating. They could just have a lot of zeros before the decimal point that are being discussed. And then notice when they start to shift and their general behavior will start to shift. So we talked about rolling the lips back in. We talked about Prince Charles, where he would he would show his teeth. If someone pulls the corner, one corner of their lip back as as they speak, that can say contempt, right? And that that says you know maybe they maybe they have a moral reason like for what they're doing, like for whatever deeds that they're doing that maybe aren't the most straight (laughs) things that they can be doing, right? Is moral superiority? And so those those are those are some of the little ones. I mean, you can you can. 
dial this down to look even at like someone's pupil size, right? When you get good at this, right? But paying attention to the big things first will let you start to pay attention to the little things later. Interesting. Okay. So what are some times or some examples of like things like like false positives? I and mean, that's really what I'm con- concerned about in this in this realm of, okay, I don't uh-huh. want to think I'm better at this than I really am. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and think that somebody's being deceptive when really they're, again, cold for the, the example that I, uh, I pulled up earlier or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't have the baseline right or I'm, you know, mm-hmm. not calibrated correctly. We want to be, we don't want to be getting false positives of deception, you know, left and right. Well, okay. So this is what I always tell my financial people, because what's what's gone on in in, in banking is that we've gone to centralized lending. Okay. Which means that, yeah, they have someone working for them. Really, the decision on the loan is made back at headquarters. Okay. So why is that? Why is that bad? Okay. Well, that is, why is that good? And why is that bad? Okay. It's good because it's efficient. Okay. It's bad because all the information isn't on the application, right? All. So let's say someone's going for a loan and they want to start up what they say is a auto body repair. Okay. But you notice like there's there's things there's things that only a human can notice. <laughs> that, <laughs> such as why is the dad from California and the twenty year old son going into and they only want to go in on this specific warehouse area. Well in Colorado, the the loan officers will tell you what they're doing is that they're starting to open a grow operation. Mm-hmm. Right. And so only a person can tell you that. And so you need to know, they need to know what they're doing with the money. And a lot of times, so, so, so there's that kind of situation. Okay. But then the other very similar situation is that when anybody in financial, any real estate, anybody suspects something, right? Suspects some kind of fraud, suspects, and is just getting that hint that maybe something's not straight. It's in the numbers somewhere. So it's telling you where to dig deeper. So again, it's not about, creating gotcha moments. It's about digging deeper because they're telling you something. And you know what? Maybe everything's cool, right? Maybe you're just hyper-focused. Maybe you just took a class and you decided everyone around you is lying. Okay? <laughs> um, but it's in the numbers. It's in the, somewhere when you, like, I've had people just, bankers catch someone who just, more, more than one, who just small business people applying for a loan and they just decided that they were going to double their income sheet and revenue, like just, just double it, you know, to, to get the loan. And so these are the kinds of things that will start to come out when people are questioned individually, when you have a little bit of knowledge and when you can, you can just dig a little bit deeper when you have that little inkling. And, you know, every now and then I'll have someone miss something, but there's, there's more cases than not of my clients who are like, you know what? I just had this feeling and maybe you don't even know why you have that feeling, but it's because we've relied on body language for years and years and years to guarantee our survival. Like who's, who's with you? Who's against you? Who's telling the truth? Who's not? And what, well, all we've done is add some, some science to, to the hunch that, that we've all had for years so that you can be more confident and know, know where that digging needs to happen so that you can, you can either find the truth or, well, yeah, find the truth and, and, <laughs> and do, do the right thing, like based on that. So it's a bit, it's a bit like a, maybe a metal detector or some kind of a thing and say, hey, you should dig here. Maybe you're getting the, maybe there's no metal down there. Maybe there's no treasure where you're digging in the, in the metal detector. 
analogy, but it's just giving you a, a spot to get started yep. to go with your, mm-hmm. your hunches, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you mentioned a former teammate, you know, Armstrong, dev- divisive figure, and people have feelings about him and everything, but you've been in, involved with a few higher profile cases that, you know, folks mm-hmm. will be aware of. Are there any of those that you'd like to highlight and, you know, dig into? Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think because I do a lot for the media. Well, with the Lance thing, we all knew. Everybody knew. And, and looking back, the signs were all there Like with the knowledge that I have right now because he happens to be a textbook liar. So so when you want to, you know, the best way to learn about body language is, is video. So when you want to see a textbook case, just watch as much Lance as you can find. Let's see. Other cases. Well, the first one that I did was the Aurora shooter here in the movie theater. I didn't even know body language experts were on TV. And they they brought him into court for his hearing of, of some sort, and he was acting all crazy. And um, there was a pattern to the way that he was acting based on you know the questions. And so I was able to unravel that on TV. And, and it turns out he was on, I think they put him on antipsychotics which was causing that, but there was still a pattern to it, right? Which was, which showed like the message of what was going on, even though I wasn't speaking at all. So that that was pretty interesting. And then shortly after that, I did a case, Jessica Ridgway was her name, and she was kidnapped on the way to school and they, they couldn't find her in about four days in, which is usually when they'll bring me in on a case for the, for the news about, about four days in. Cause, cause the news needs more to report, right? And they, so I usually have some intel, but they had me watch the press conference for the parents. And I looked at the parents. I was like, these parents did not do this. They did not do it at all. And sure enough, they, they found a mortician that, that had kidnapped her and like did some very unsavory things. Uh, but so, so sometimes, you know, putting a, putting, putting my community at, at ease, I guess is important to me if, if that's what needs to happen. Gosh, so many, I sent you a list. You have the, <laughs> how do you have the list? a daily thing for me to get contacted by the media for some kind of review. Sure. I think one that kind of stands out to me in a way is, and, you know, uh, trying to avoid any potential, uh, I don't know, shade getting thrown out of direction, but you mentioned Jean Benet Ramsey. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was, I mean, I was a little kid when that all, that all happened. Mm-hmm. That miss, as far as I know, that mystery is still out there, but you know, what are your... My thoughts, well, jo- the JonBenet thing, I live in Boulder, which is where this yeah, all right went there. down, and it's about a mile from where I'm sitting right now. Wow. It still very much looms large in, in town. I've done a lot of video review. I've done a lot of statement analysis with that, and so, okay, I'm just going to say this, because this is what I think, and if I had different information, I might come up with a different answer. So my, my analysis says the mom was somewhat involved. I mean, the ransom note is used as a textbook example of fake ransom notes in law enforcement training. I think the mom was knows what's going on. I think the brother heard something and I'm pretty sure the dad did it. So so that's if I had to guess, I'd say it was situation normal gone gone wrong. So and, and you know, we'll we'll never know. The the DA did not sign the grand jury's cuz the grand jury name of it is escaping me. The grand jury wanted a trial. And the DA wouldn't sign it. He got intimidated by the Atlanta lawyers. And so, well, it's going to be unsolved. We'll never know. Oh, yeah. Very, very sad case. And yeah, I agree. I, I don't think we'll, we'll ever truly know the answer. Maybe, maybe someday, maybe deathbed confession for somebody. But, uh, well, maybe, well, if you look at the stats, if you look at the stats, the last stats that I have from the FBI says that 77% kids found dead in the homes done by the parents. 77%. Mm. So, so if, if you, 
if you know it's a 77% chance of rain tomorrow, are you bringing an umbrella? <laughs> like, really? Are you bringing an umbrella? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's where I am. Like I said, if I had different info, if I had somewhere along the way, I may come up with a different analysis, but that's, that's where I'm landing. Wow. Well, powerful thing right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. The first step to growing your wealth is tracking your wealth, income, spending, and everything else about your finances. You can start tracking your wealth for free and get six free months of wealth advisory with personal capital by going to escapingwallstreet.com and using our link. Create your free account today and automate the way you track your money. Personal capital is my preferred way to track my finances, and now we're making that available for listeners. Terms and conditions apply. See the personal capital website for details. Once again, to get the offer, go to escapingwallstreet.com and use our link. Back to the show. All right, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I hope so. I'm I'm nervous, Taylor. You were warned. You were warned. I know. That's why I'm nervous. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Does real estate count? Or Yeah. Uh, yeah. By getting in into, into the Boulder market early was probably like financially the best investment that I've made in myself. I got in in 93. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everything's almost tripled around here. So that, that's been very good. Aside from, you know, investing in myself and my business and believing in like, t- like gambling on myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A lot, yeah. Of, you know, a lot of folks go that way, and uh, I like uh, it. Yeah. So we had the best investment. Now we get to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? Uh, the worst investment. Can I, can, I go, can I go back real quick to another really good investment? <laughs> sure, sure. I bought a house in Boulder, my first real house, because I had a kind of... And the best $1,200 I ever spent was on a swamp cooler for that house to cool it off in the summer. I, it was amazing. I still think about that and I'm like, oh, it's amazing. Worst investment. Let me come back to that because I've been thinking about that the whole time. What's the third question? Then I'll, I'll, sure. I'll think of something bad. Number three, what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? Uh, most important lesson is to bet on yourself. Ain't nobody else going to bet on you if you don't bet on you. Job, J-O-B, is not going to get you where you want to get likely. And so investing in yourself is absolutely leaving in yourself and putting your money and your time and your resources behind it, I think, is one of the best in- things anybody can do. Uh, one, Okay, so back to one of the worst investments is I hired a guy to help me with a book. And it just it just totally flopped. And he, he came on, he was, he... He came very highly recommended and he just did nothing. So that was that. So, you know, you're supposed to vet people and I thought I did and I really did and it just didn't work. <laughs> so. Sometimes the best way to, to learn is to learn by doing and sometimes that means learning by failing. I'm very curious before we you know close out the show, yeah. you mentioned investing in yourself. What is there something in particular that comes in mind? Maybe the big, the first big swing you took on, you know, investing in yourself and getting yourself to, what comes, what comes to mind? Well, I'll tell you what I did. And it wasn't, I guess it was probably my biggest swing that I took. And during, you know, when everything was shut down, well, the, the pandemic kind of came and it was, it was hard because most of my income is keynote speaking. Uh-huh. All the conferences canceled. When all the conferences canceled, guess what? Who, who gets fired? It's me. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, I didn't know if I was ever going to work again. I didn't, but I knew one thing. I knew one thing. I, if I keep my eyes peeled, there'll be an opportunity here. There'll be some kind of opportunity. 
And I had someone contact me, someone who believes in me, wealthy. And she goes, hey, what do you want to do with your business? She goes, I believe in you. What do you want to do? And and I was like, I don't know. She goes, if you had $100,000, what would you do? And I, and I said, I don't know. Why? And she said, because... <laughs> Because, you know, I'm trying to double down and invest in some people. And if you want, the 100000 is yours, but you got to come up with a plan that's going to work. And, and I thought about it. I thought about it. I said, you know, I would, I would get back on my TV show idea. And so I thought about it and I thought about it. It was super high risk, right? But what happened is I didn't take the money, but I went ahead and shot a pilot. And I got a writer out of Hollywood and I just doubled down on myself and gambled big time. And yeah, so I'm working on like developing it further in, in Hollywood. Like I got a producer and some things. And um, anyway, it's called Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. It's the same title as my podcast because the stories from my podcast and will end up in the, in the show. And I got, um, I got, I got my pilot. And so it really changed not only, sure, there's a lot of potential there, but you never know. Hollywood's fickle, right? Uh-huh. But it changed my whole perception in, in the speaking industry, like just to have that. And in my longer presentations, I'll, sh- I'll show it and we'll do exercises with it because the deception in it is is perfect. And and my writer's fantastic. She's Emmy nominated for her work on Law and Order, I believe. So and wow. she's just, just a genius. So, it, so it's a real it's a real deal. And I just it's probably the biggest gamble I've ever taken with the biggest amount of money in the time that was most uncertain of my professional future. But I'm super thrilled. So truth lies and cover-ups and you can see the sizzle reel if you if you look it up. You can see it on YouTube. That's awesome. I love mm-hmm. that. That's, that's a great example. And I want to thank you for joining us today. If folks want to reach out, if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to learn more about any of the content, books, courses, everything that you have out there, where can they track you down? Bodylanguagetrainer.com. You can find all my contact info, all my books. I got some I got a really cool online program. Uh, you can see the sizzle reel for my for my show and I have a I have a promo for my keynotes that you'll love and it's it's got a plot. It's way different from any keynote speaking promo that you've ever seen. So so everything you can find bodylanguagetrainer.com whenever people you know if you have a conference or you just want to know how to win any negotiation any kind of sales situation that's what I do just just call me and um you know the results will land in your in your wallet. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And to everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind, you guys. I appreciate that so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the S ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street Casino along with us. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Right now, I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.